So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those seats. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday morning Sleep In podcast. You'll still miss out on the intergenerational community, the sport and encouragement that that brings. You'll miss out on good music and yummy snacks after church, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of new age, which means people who bring in a new style of preaching. Uh, We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so that if you're away from home, maybe working, maybe you're hitting the ski slopes, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on a Sunday, or in this case, Christmas Eve. Wherever you are when you're listening to this, whatever day it is, we just ask that you would receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And we're serious about that open mind. You don't have to agree with everything we say. In fact, we hope that you will discuss and, and, and ponder and work it out with people you trust to figure out what you think. But our sincerest hope in the midst of all of that is that you will experience a mysterious loving force in the world we know is God moving in your life as you experience, consider this. So I cheat in my Christmas Eve sermon every year. Yep. By She's a total cheater. I, I am a cheater. She's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. I'm cheat. Yes. I'm okay with it. Um, breaking <laughs> rules for Jesus. So I always try and do a short sermon on Christmas Eve because I know we have a lot of people visiting. Well, and there's a lot going on. Like, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of These are always services with a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of stimulus. There's a lot. You know, I just, I want it to be something clear, something concise, something that's easy for people to hold on to. Um, that's not necessarily like overly nice, but that is real and real. good. And so the way that I cheat is that during the children's moment, I, I spend five minutes doing part of the sermon. <laughs> yeah. And every Christmas Eve, we read a children's story. And so this year, the children's story is by Jennifer Grant. It's a book called Maybe God is Like That Too. I found mm-hmm. it at Target. It's not hard to find. Yeah. And it's the story of this little boy who lives in the city with his grandmother. And so we're in downtown Reno. So, so I thought it's a kid living in the city. It's pretty, pretty accurate. And it, squirrel sighing again. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, this is not a city. Yeah. Squirrel, so it's about this little boy living in the city with his grandma. And he cannot see God. God is invisible. So he can't mm-hmm. see God uh, the way you can see his friends and streetlights and everything else. And so he says, Grandma, where is God? And she says, well, wherever people are, loyal, faithful, generous, gentle, all of these yeah. things, wherever wherever people are like that, you will experience God, wherever there's peace and joy and love. And so then as he goes through his day, it's like his grandma hands him his lunch and kisses him goodbye. And he says, well, maybe that's what love is like. And then he gets on the swing set and he swings really high and he can see over the wall and all of his friends are saying higher, higher from the bottom. And he says, that's what joy is like. And even though all the... Traffic is going by outside. His classroom is calm and peaceful during silent, sustained reading time. And that's what <laughs> peace is like. And oh, SSR. I haven't thought about that in a while. Oh, man. And so he, he just goes through his day and he notices all these moments when people are behaving in these ways that his grandma told him to look out for. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he's laying in bed and he goes, well, maybe God is like that, too. Mm. Maybe God is like all of these people showing up all in all of this kind of everyday stuff. So I love that story. I think it's great. It's based on a scripture from Galatians called the fruit of the spirit um, that you often see people cross stitch and put on the wall. Yep. And uh, quite, my mom actually has a cross stitch of it on the wall that I remember her painstakingly doing when I was a kid. And so, uh, so this is the story. And so 
you know, that's sort of the intro to the sermon that is the story that we read with the kids. But my sermon started in a different place. It started with Google. Oh, Google? Oh, Google. Google, Google search is 21 years old. That is incredible to me because you and I can remember before it existed. Do you remember Ask Jeeves? <laughs> yes, I remember Ask Jeeves and, and Yahoo. Yahoo and what was that? Pile on. Oh, I don't remember on. that one. I remember my first email address was assigned. It was mm. you couldn't choose an email address. We were with Prodigy. There's you were either Prodigy or AOL. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my family was a Prodigy.com family, and we all had the same email address, but the last letter was different. Mm. So we were, it was VNBU99 and then dad was A and mom was B and brother C and I was D. VNBU99D at prodigy.com. That was my email address forever. <laughs> forever. And uh, I just like, I just remember thinking back like that seems so long ago, but it's 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So Google search is 21 years old and it's gone from searching through 25 million web pages to over like just hundreds of billions of web pages. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Just hundreds of billions of web pages. And I always laugh. I have friends who work at Google and I'll, I'll call them. Like I'll do a search or something and I'll be like, you know, it only gave me 6 billion results in 0.0025 seconds. Could you guys not speed that up a little? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's so right. much information. It's so crazy. And, you know, and you and I have spanned the age of dial up and. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, and how quickly things come through now. So I said, you know, Google has evolved. Quality, accuracy, keywords, all of these things have changed. One of the things they've noticed is people don't put in keywords as much. We don't do Boolean searches anymore where you go vacation and rental. Right. (laughs) Now we go, where should I go on vacation? It's very conversational Mm -hmm. what we type into Google. Yeah, 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 I can see that. uh, Which is pretty funny. Because I usually ask a question like, how can I do blank? Exactly. And so uh, big data is... Fascinating because it collects information from all of our searches and it learns things about how we interact with technology and interact with each other, among other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use that for marketing. So they know what to put mm-hmm. in your ads. You and know. they use that for politics. They use it for politics. And one of the things that big data is beginning to realize is that they can determine if a particular IP address has somebody with a particular disease and often diagnose it before a doctor can. That is because just crazy. People will search for... Or- particular symptoms right and as and so what they realized is that they could have told you six months before a diagnosis that somebody had pancreatic cancer which you know is one of the cancers that moves very very quickly right so then how do you respect people's privacy and yet you have this information that could be very beneficial to them yeah so you know there's a lot of big questions facing google and all of us about privacy and information and, and information security since 2016 uh there's been an 80 percent. so just in the last three years 80% 80% increase in searches that start with should I Ooh. or best. Oh. So we are beginning to look to Google not just for information, but for advice. Right. For guidance. Right. Which I think is pretty interesting. And then Google is also using something called contextual knowledge, which okay. means that you don't just have to have words to search anymore. So you can be walking through a city in Italy mm-hmm. and see a building that you like and take a picture of it. And right. Google will say, oh, well, that's this building, and it was designed by this architect in this year for this purpose, and here's its history, and here's, here's who owns what it's it now, now and, and all yeah. of that stuff. It's fascinating. Right. Well, or Google like you can see a picture, and you can do a reverse search on that picture and find yeah. out where it comes from. So you too can own that piece of clothing, that gadget, yeah. that whatever. Exactly. Well, I was laughing because uh, I had a, in my days of internet dating, mm-hmm. somebody who before our first date knew everything about me. 
including my job and where I was from and what my dog's name was and everything else, because he just reverse searched one of the photos on my dating profile Mm -hmm. and found the church website and then found my Facebook page and then found my Twitter account and found, you know, all the stuff that was linked from there. And And that that was kind of creepy. Terrifying. (laughs) Yes. I told him not to do that anymore. He didn't know that was bad. Um, (laughs) Don't do that. Just just let people introduce themselves. He's like, okay. Uh, but then I made very, I made very clear, like very sure that none of the photos on my dating profile were anywhere else in yeah. my life. They were not on my Instagram. They were not on my Facebook. They were not on my work page because I didn't want anybody to do that again. There's also like this search technology has become so advanced that people have turned it into a game. So there are games that people play with Google searches. So you put in like your own name and then the word died Oh. And you search and it will finish the sentence. And so like Kristen Marshall died in a freak lawn mowing accident or, <laughs> you know, Susan Foster died in a, uh, right. you know, whatever. And it, so it becomes this game almost of what, you know, um, people do that with uh, iTunes as well. They do it like there was a game last year where they said, put your iTunes on shuffle and the first song that plays is what your 2019 is going to be like <laughs> or whatever. I haven't done it for 2020 yet. I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> the stakes are high. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. And their image search is fantastic. It gets you all kinds of things that you never would have dreamed of looking for. So I remember sitting in a staff meeting in Santa Rosa around a dining room table in this old house that we turned into an office suite. And we're in the middle of a staff meeting and I was doing the announcements, Mm -hmm. which were images with like this event is coming up and basic information that would scroll before and after services. And so there was going to be a, a Halloween concert where organists from all over the country were going to come together and play along with silent movies, like these old right. silent horror movies, you know, Dracula and all these things. Right, right. And uh, and so we were pretty excited. And so I'm sitting at the table going, I bet I can come up with a good image for this. And I typed into Google image, image search, scary organ. Right. And I didn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I should have. Because, <laughs> because, of course, what you got was something totally different. And so it was... <laughs> Susan just got it. Sorry. Yeah. No, that was what it was like on Christmas Eve, too, where there was this pause and everybody went, people can't, she can't possibly mean, yes, I do. That's exactly what came up on my screen. We can find anything Mm -hmm. with Google. We can find anything. anything. If we have the right search terms, we can find anything. But I don't think we often know what we're looking for. I I would agree totally. I don't think we often know what will work. And I told the story that I told on the podcast a couple episodes ago about looking for the Nissan dealership right. on the wrong side of the road. And all I had to do was turn my head, and I, it, but I right. knew it wasn't there. And so I wasn't looking there. Right. And so my and, search terms were too narrow oh. for what I, was, what I needed. So do we know what we're looking for? And the gospel about the birth of Jesus is us saying, we weren't looking for this. Right. We weren't looking for this, but God showed up. Mm-hmm. We weren't looking for this. And that gospel word is is good message, is uh, evangelion, which is a military term. Roman Empire would send people out to say, hey, we've conquered so-and-so. And And for 7% of the population, it was great news. Right. Because 7% of the population were Roman citizens, and then they would benefit from the wealth that that would come from conquering this new place. But for 93% of people, it was great. Somebody else got beat down too. Right. So it wasn't actually good news. And so the radical thing about this good news is that it is supposed to be good news for, as the angels say, all people. Mm -hmm. This is good news for all people. It's coming from God and it's not a message of judgment and it's not a message of fear. It's a message of joy. And you weren't looking for that. Right. You were looking for, man, what what horrible thing is going to happen next? And here comes this message of peace and this message of justice that is initiated by God when we're not looking for it. And what God says that is so radical 
through Jesus is I have created this, this love in the world. You do it too. Yeah. You go do this too. So Jesus is born in the Pax Romana underneath the Roman peace, which is a military enforcement to two normal peasants under the indifferent watch of cattle under the inconspicuous innocuous beginnings of a nobody and then yep. becomes this figure who transforms the world by teaching about nonviolent resistance and uh, and caring for community and reconciliation and peace between people groups and justice for all and all of these things. God is acting in this incredibly inconspicuous way in a way that we weren't expecting in a way that we didn't look for. Right. And yet it is transformative. God is acting in the background and inviting us also to be attentive to how we can act even when it's not attention seeking, but it's faithful. Right. And there are times when quiet, faithful action that occurs outside of that spotlight is the most faithful way to bring in the kingdom of God, a world of joy and peace. You know, big change happens, not always just through strength and through community action, although it happens in those ways too. And those ways are just as important. But it also happens in showing up with a casserole when somebody's been ill for a while or when somebody's lost somebody and just being there for them. It it shows up in caring for children, caring for other people's children when they're driving their parents absolutely crazy mm-hmm. and they think, who could possibly love these kids? And they come into a community and we say, we will. Yeah. We'll love them. Oh, man, that is so beautiful. I've experienced that recently with Susan Foster, actually. <laughs> uh Loving my kid when sometimes we're pretty upset with her. Um, it's a huge relief to, to be able to reflect and to pause before we react is such a huge gift. And it's so outside the spotlight. It's internal. Right. You know, but that is such a huge gift to the world to be able to reflect before we react. Yeah. And to be able to offer people something that's not defensive, but something that's true and open and honest. Yeah. Um, to do service. These ordinary mercies are these moments when God is acting. And so one of the struggles that we have is to expand our search terms, mm-hmm. to expand our search terms so that we can see maybe God is like that too. Or maybe this is an opportunity that God is inviting me into mm-hmm. to also help love be in the world. Maybe God is like us mm. too. Amen. And so that's that's the good news of Christmas. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories or you just want to have a discussion, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. We are trying to keep up with those. Or find us on Facebook or on our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast comes from Galatians, Mm -hmm. and it'll be linked in our website. And the theme music you hear is Take Me Higher by Jasper. It's traditional at the end of a Christmas Eve service for us all to light a candle and sing Silent Night. The challenge this year is no different. May you bring peace into the world. May you bring hope into the world. May you bring joy into the world because you might be the only way that somebody else sees grace. You might be the only way that somebody else experiences the love of God. So, you know, no pressure. No pressure. But do it. <laughs>